You ever feel like just sitting around? Or is it just me? Just me, apparently. If you don't mind, I'm going to sit for a while today because sometimes it's just tough to get going. You know what I mean? You ever have a morning where you don't feel like getting out of bed? Or is that just me? Raise your hand, folks. Come on. Let's, let's go interactive for a second. Yeah. I have mornings like that. I call them weekdays. <laughs> and also weekends. Sometimes you just feel like you're out of gas. The thing about life, life can be exhausting. It's not a complaint. It's an observation. And I think we all would agree. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, routine, monotony. Sometimes it feels like an endurance test. And what I want to talk about today is motivation. You all know what that word means, right? It's an important word, an important concept. Motivation. What gets you out of bed in the morning? What compels you to get up, to go, to live, to be, to work, to engage the grueling marathon that life in this world can be all too often, day after day of routine, of monotony? What motivates you? What compels you forward? What is your source of meaning? of purpose in life. For most of us, I think it's fair to say, there is no one thing. Motivation comes from many different directions. It takes on many different forms. And we need motivation to come in many different forms. Some of us, all of us, I think, to some degree or another, are motivated by the idea of success of being the best version of ourselves that we can be. Of being comfortable. I need to earn. I need to provide. I need to move up the ladder. Some of us are motivated by fear. Anybody motivated by fear? I think all of us are. It's not a bad thing. Fear can be a good thing. I'm afraid I'm going to be fired. I did a sermon in a chair (laughs) to mix reviews. I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of the stack of bills lying on my table. I'm afraid of all the things that can go wrong in what is a fragile life that can motivate us. Some of us are motivated by family. I want to provide. I want to be an example. I want to take care. All of us, I would hope, to some extent or another, are motivated by faith. If you're not, let's talk afterwards. And let's see what we can do to fix that. But you understand what I'm saying. And the thing about motivation, sometimes it's just right there. 
It's easy. It's obvious. We jump out of bed, we stand up from our chair, and we just go, 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 go. We feel as though we can do no wrong. We're in the zone. We're filled with meaning, with purpose. We understand why we're doing what we're doing. At other times, it is elusive. Non-existent. Because the other thing about this, life in this world can be really challenging. You know this. I'm not telling you anything that we all haven't experienced. Work is hard. Work is long. People are difficult. Doctors tell us things we don't want to hear. Friends give us bad news. People in our lives come and go. And they go too often. And dealing with that, living with that, is challenging. Life is filled with disappointment, with stress. with excruciating loss. That's part of the deal, I guess. Life is not just root beer and ice cream. Every day is not Christmas morning. Every day is not a Palm Sunday parade. The challenges come, and what motivates you? To get up, to go forward when the challenges of this life come. Two words. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Today we remember Jesus. Every day, of course, we remember Jesus. And one of the things about Jesus, Jesus lived in this world. For 33, 35 years or so, Jesus dwelled on this earth. He lived as one of us, as a human being. Jesus understands, Jesus gets it in terms of the challenges of this life. Jesus knows that life in this world can punch you in the gut sometimes. It can break your heart and leave you reeling. And today begins the commemoration of the most difficult week of Jesus' time on this earth. It all started out innocently enough, seemingly. How did it start? It started with a parade. Jesus rode into town, the city of Jerusalem, on the back of a donkey. The Bible tells us the whole city of Jerusalem came out to see him. And they were ecstatic. They were so excited. They were filled with joy. They cut palm branches down. They waved those palm branches in the air. They spread them on the ground. They spread their cloaks on the ground, lest his feet touch the ground. Because that's the thing. They were hailing Jesus as a king. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You understand what that means. It means all kinds of things. But the big thing that it means, they were recognizing Jesus as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He was the one God promised to deliver them. Can you imagine how that must have felt? How glorious that day must have been. But the thing about the story 
as Jesus rode his donkey into town, he was still Jesus. That's the thing about Jesus. Jesus didn't stop being Jesus. And what I mean is, Jesus knew. He knew the story of Holy Week before it happened. He knew every last detail down to the second of what would take place for him over the course of those next six days. And this, to me, is the most amazing part of the story. Jesus, knowing everything that lay ahead of him, knowing that suffering, death, and a cross were his destiny, he kept riding. He did not turn that donkey around and go the other direction like I know I would have done. What motivated him? What drove him forward? What compelled him to embrace that destiny? What drove him to the Garden of Gethsemane? Where he would know fear that was so profound, so terrible, that the Bible tells us he sweat as drops of blood. What led him to experience the betrayal and abandonment of his closest friends, the people he'd spent three years with, he'd known, he'd served, he'd led, he loved. But they would cast him aside. And he would know abandonment. He would know rejection. He would know rejection from his own people. He would know the working end of a whip. God himself, the one who existed before the foundation of this universe, before there was anything, there was Jesus. Jesus always was. And this same Jesus, the ultimate power in this universe, put himself at the mercy of sinful human beings like us. He let us have our way with him. What led him to take nails in his hands, in his feet, to wear a crown of thorns, to have a spear in his side? What led him to experience abandonment from his father, to utter those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What led Jesus to die on a cross, to hang on that cross? What led Jesus to not come down from that cross? Because that's the thing. He could come down. He was still Jesus, right? Jesus never stopped being Jesus. Jesus could come down from that cross anytime he wanted. But he stayed there. He hung there. He faced torture. He faced scorn, ridicule. He was mocked. And then God himself, hanging on that cross, died. Why would anyone do that? It doesn't make sense. It seems foolish. Why would Jesus do that? Because Jesus was Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be there. He could have been in heaven, at his rightful place, at the right hand of God the Father. He had a throne that he had given up. What was Jesus' motivation? You know the answer, don't you? It was you. 
It was love. For us, motivation comes from so many different directions. For Jesus, it was much more singular. It was humankind. All of this he did for the billions and billions of people who have lived or ever will live. He did it for you, my friends. His body was given for you. His blood was shed for you. He laid down his life on a cross and died in your place. All for you. Jesus tells us his motivation. He's very clear. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You hear me? You hear what he says? I'll say it again. Jesus says, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Do you understand how awesome those words are? Do you understand how amazing those words are? Jesus calls you friends. Even though we haven't acted that way. Even though we've turned our backs, we've made mistakes, we've done wrong, Egregious wrong. We haven't treated Jesus as a friend, but it doesn't change Jesus. Jesus never stops being Jesus. He calls you friends. He loves you. And he dies for you. On that cross, what was on his mind? Salvation. You. That's a humbling thought. Today we celebrate the greatest love that there ever was. The greatest love there ever will be. The love that God has for you, made real to you in Jesus Christ. Today is Palm Sunday. But we also call it something else. Does anyone know what else we call it today? Passion Sunday, right? As I said to the kids earlier, that's kind of a strange word to use on a day like today. You know what that word means, passion. When we drop that word in church, what does that word mean? Well, it was a movie. It was. What is God's passion? What is Jesus' passion? He's passionate about you. That's what all this was for. That's what the suffering was for. That's what the cross was for. That's what the death was for. And as you look at that cross today, I ask you, what is your motivation? What fills you with meaning and purpose? What drives you forward? What compels you to get up out of your chair, out of your bed, every single day? What compels you to love, to live, to serve, to be the best version of you you can be? It's the one who we follow. We follow Jesus. And he fills our lives with meaning and purpose. We follow him striving to be like him. It's impossible. Because there's only one Jesus. He sets a high standard. But we follow that example. We love with everything we have. We serve with everything at our disposal. But we follow him. And he shares his gifts with us. Jesus has been here, right? 
He knows what life in this world is like. Life in this world can be, as I said, challenging and excruciating. It can feel like an endurance test. He gives us nourishment. His body and blood, the miracle of his real presence. People come, people go. Things happen, things don't happen. Jesus isn't going anywhere. Jesus is always with you no matter what. His love is perfect. His love is unconditional. His love is yours. And we follow him. And he leads us to an empty tomb. Never forget that. The thing about Holy Week, it turns over. Next week is a new week. And we celebrate the miracle of miracles. We celebrate the resurrection. Poems don't get the last word. Suffering does not get the last word. Death does not get the last word. A cross does not get the last word. Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. The King of Heaven, the One who will live forever, He gets the last word and He speaks that last word over you again today. And He calls you eternal. He calls you His children. What motivates you? The gift of forever. Because it's ours. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake. Amen.